Let us come to the Lord in prayers before we move into the Word of God. Father, we thank you, O God, that you are a God who still sits on the throne. You alone, O God, rule and reigns over the destiny of this world. The destiny of nations you have determined. And we pray, O God, that would you help us to discern how you are leading us in this, in this nation, in this world that we are living in today, going through various challenges and changes. Father, help us to discern your heart. Help us to know your plan and purpose for both our individual life and our corporate life within the context of the nation that we are living in. We thank you, we praise you, we surrender ourselves to you. We ask that, Lord, would you come and speak to us? Put your truth into our hearts, Lord, that we may know you more intimately. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to come to speak to your people. We, your children, are willing to listen. Thank you, Lord. We praise you and honour you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to uh, share with us that we uh, start going on a new series, perhaps very much triggered off by the fact that two weeks ago, one of the great servants of God, J.I. Pekka, uh, who uh, has passed away, has lived a long, ripe life and fruitful life. And J.I. Pekka was, a, was the author of the book called Knowing God. That book was so um, mind, um, um, uh, really challenging our mind to think more about what does it mean to know God. And Jai Pekka says, we need to know God, not just know about God. So I'd like to start off this uh, series with, on this topic, which I call those who know their God. Those who know their God. Those who know their God, not just as J.I. Pekka say, you know, not just know about Him, but to know Him intimately. In Daniel chapter 11, verse 30 to verse 32, and we read, For ships from Cyprus shall come against Him. Therefore He shall be grieved and return in rage against the Holy Covenant and do damage. And so He shall return and show regard for those who forsake the Holy Covenant and forces shall be mastered by him. And they shall defy the sanctuary fortress, and they shall take away the daily sacrifices, and place there the abomination of desolation. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Now this is the, uh, a revelation that is recorded in Daniel chapter 11, but God revealed this to Daniel at that time. But what does it mean? And uh, all this seems to be very specific, pointing to specific event. Now, many, many, many scholars, generally Bible uh, students, believe that this has been fulfilled in the time around 175 BC to 164 BC. During the time, of course, the nation of Israel was still under foreign power. 
at the time when uh, King Antiochus IV became the king of Syria, of the kingdom of uh, Seleucid. So he was actually was traveling back, huh? back to Syria from Cyprus, the, the time Cyprus referring to Rome. So he was uh, returning to Syria, so he passed by Jerusalem. And what he did was since when he entered into Jerusalem, he began to defile the temple. And therefore the words say here is this, that therefore he shall be, uh, uh, for, for ships from Cyprus shall come against him, therefore he shall be grieved and return to rage against the Holy Covenant. Because he was forced out by the Romans at that time, the rise of the Roman Empire. Right. So, against the Holy Covenant, the Holy Covenant here refers to Israel, the covenantal people of God, those who are marked out, set apart, because they have a covenant with their God, and do damage, and he shall return and show regard for, uh, uh, for, for those who forsake the Holy Covenant. In those days in Jerusalem, there were Jews who have, uh, who have wandered away from the covenant of God, who has turned their back, who have turned their back on God. And that is, that is what it means by those who, have for, those who forsake the holy covenant. So he, 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 he came to uh, Antiochus the, the fourth, came to Jerusalem, he began to defy the temple. Right? He defied the, they defied the, the uh, sanctuary fortress. What did he do? History tells us that he went into the temple, he went into, he, he offered a, a saw, a pig on the altar in the temple of Jerusalem. And then uh, here he also says that they shall take away the daily sacrifices. What Antiochus IV did was this, that he has outlawed mosaic uh, worship, daily sacrifices, all Jewish form of feast he has outlawed, okay? He has uh, taken away the daily sacrifices and placed there the abomination of desolation. Within the temple, what he did was this, that he set up an altar for Zeus, the Greek god, right in the middle of the temple of the Most High. Wow, that is what he did, okay? And those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. And then he came, he began to offer lies. And those who turn their back on the covenant of God, those who turn their back on the God of Israel, whatever he say, whatever lies that he, he tell, there seems to believe in those lies. They seem, be, they, they seem to be flatter, thinking that all this that they were joining Antiochus IV to do in the temple were good thing. They were flatter. They were corrupted. You see, here we see a, 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 uh, a truth, a, a, a biblical principle at play. That is, when we turn away from the truth of God, when we turn our back on the true God, we are open to deception. When flattery comes to us, we cannot recognize it. When our hearts has grown cold, has grown um, proud, we cannot see the truth anymore. And so they were corrupted because they do wickedly against the covenant, because they turn their back on 
on the God of Israel because they persecuted those whom God called His people. But the people who know that God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Now, in the midst of all this, there is this person called Metatius. Now, Metatius refused to offer sacrifice in a profane manner in the temple of Jerusalem. Remember, Antiochus offered a pig on the, on the temple. He set up an altar for Zeus in the temple itself. So he refused to partake in that because all the feasts, all the daily sacrifices as God has commanded his people to perform in the temple, that has been outlawed. So Metatius refused to do that. And then uh, he, he in fact killed the king's agents, those who are acting on behalf of the king, carrying out the, uh, the command of, of the king. Now, because of that, in 167 BC, there arose in the history, in the history of the nation of Israel, a famous war called the Maccabean Revolt, right? The Maccabean Revolt that eventually led uh, to Jew, uh, the, 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 the Jewish people having certain amount of autonomy in 164 BC. And therefore, we see during the time of Jesus, Right? We, have, uh, uh, we, we can see there's a territory that the Jewish people is still largely in control, although they are part of the Roman Empire. Right? It all started from there. So when we see all these things, we say, oh, wow, these are the prophecies that have been already been fulfilled. But I want to suggest to us that these scriptures that we read in Daniel chapter 11 has implication, has an indication has of what God wants to do and what is, going to, what, what is going to happen in our current days as well. In Matthew 10, 24, verse 15, Jesus in fact said this, He said, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Right? So, if that abomination of that desolation just now that we read as I explained, has already taken place, it is an event that has already passed. Then why is Jesus mentioning it here? Now, Jesus mentioned this here in the context of him telling his, uh, uh, his audience what it's going to be like when Jesus comes again. What is going to be like in those days before Jesus comes back the second time, the second coming of Christ? There will be things that is that will be happening similar, perhaps not entirely exactly the same, but similar to what happened in the prophecy that Daniel has received in Daniel chapter 11. My dear friends, I want to, I want to focus on this phrase, of course, that, that is the title of my sharing this morning. Those who know their God, those who know their God shall do great exploits, shall do mighty exploit. Those who know their God, they shall be strong and they shall carry out great exploits. Now we experience God in various circumstances. We encounter God, we know a little bit more about God in various circumstances in life. In good times, when we are blessed by God, we say, praise the Lord. In trying times, when we are facing struggle inside us, when we are facing 
when we are faced with uh, uh, challenges in, in life, we, we say, help me, Lord. But when we come to inconvenient times, I'll explain later what I mean by inconvenient times. We say, ayah, Lord, so inconvenient, Lord. Do I really have to do it? So mafano, so troublesome. So we experience God in various circumstances, in good times, and we experience the goodness of God. We know that God is good. You know, we know that God only is, not only God is good, but He's good to me. We often say God is good, right, all the time. But do we know that God is good to me? Do we know that God is good to you? It's only when we experience the goodness of God, we say that, yes, this is a good God. We praise the Lord. Excellent. In trying times, people who are struggling with sickness, with, uh, with financial struggle, we cry out to the Lord, help me, Lord. And the Lord answers us, speak to us, come to our rescue, show us the way to go and heal us and restore us. In times like this, we cry out to God, we say, help me, God. When, the God, when, 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 when our God does that for all, for, for all that we ask for, all that we're crying out to, and we say, praise the Lord. Now, there are also times that we can actually learn more about God. Actually, times that will not only learn more about God, but test us, right? In inconvenient times, in times when we face opposition, oppression, many demands in life, temptation or even persecution, that prevent us from worshipping Him, that prevent us from walking in His ways and purpose, are times of testing, how intimate we know our God. Let me just illustrate it with a, with a parable that Jesus told in Luke chapter 17. And in Luke chapter 17, and, uh, uh, Jesus told about a person who has uh, prepared a big feast and he began to invite all, his, uh, all, all those uh, 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 within his guest list to, to come. His servant went out. He met the first, the first, uh, the first group. Said, oh, I have just, uh, you know, I'm not free. I just bought some property. I just bought a piece of land, and uh, I'm not free. I cannot come. The next group of people say, say, oh, I've just uh, bought a field. You know, I bought, I, 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 I bought, I bought a cow. I have, uh, I have production to take care of business to take care of. I cannot come. And the third one said, I just got married. You know, I'm enjoying my honeymoon. You know, I'm enjoying good times with, uh, with people whom I love, my, uh, my, my wife, I cannot come. So there are all kinds of excuses. Now, in inconvenient times, our knowledge, our relationship of God, with God, is going to be put to test. Now, probably now with you, you and I can see that we are in an inconvenient time. It's very inconvenient. With all these uh, changes that's coming, SOP and so on and so forth, uh, as, we, as we weather through this uh, pandemic, and doing business, even going to school, meeting friends, even coming to church, it's, it's so inconvenient. Even before this pandemic uh, has begun, with demands in life, temptation and demand upon our time, right? Temptation, they come to us. 
Sometimes it is easier to say that because it is inconvenient, Lord, let me take a break from worshipping you. Let me take a break from following you. My brothers and sisters in Christ, my friends, I'm not talking about church activities. Huh? I'm not talking about that sometimes we cannot come to church activities and, and I, I don't want you to feel guilty about it. Sometimes, because of legitimate demands in our life, we cannot come to church activities. But we should never stop coming to God to worship Him. We should never stop showing our, our devotion towards Him. And sometimes it may need to be expressed in, in taking part in corporate worship, in, in a corporate meeting. So in inconvenient times, we say, Ayah, Lord, no, can't we do it other ways? Is there not an easier way to do it? At the start of the um, worldwide pandemic, after I think probably at the early, early part, no, as early as uh, maybe April or May, yeah, this is only about three, uh, two, three months ago, now, there, was, there was a video clip, clip that is being sent forth and, and basically telling us a story about how helpless we can be. With all those things that we consider as important in our daily lives, and suddenly we can't do it anymore. And suddenly there is this new standard, not just standard operation procedure. The new expression, one of the things that uh, it says is that not visiting our friends, not visiting our family members is an act of love. How odd is that? How odd is that? And so it, is, it may appear to a lot of people, it is inconvenient. It is inconvenient to change my lifestyle. But can we do it out of love? Can we do it for love? We ask ourselves. So in inconvenient times, if we, if we tend to drift away from worshipping God, because it is inconvenient, because there are too many demands in, in life, then our knowledge of who God is, our relationship with Him, and how intimate do we know Him? When I say know Him, means that just not, not just know Him intellectually, but to experience Him. Now, who are those who know their God? Those who know their God are those who encounter His love continuously. We cannot know God without experiencing His love. And not just once, the time when we receive Jesus, not just once when we have been filled with the Holy Spirit, not just once when we experience His closeness, His embrace, but continuously allow Him to express His love to us in the practical ways every day in our life. Secondly, those who are transformed by Him progressively. We have talked about this in the previous uh, series about transformation. The Lord transformed us progressively from one stage to another stage, from the inside out. He does not transform our speech, our action first. He transforms our heart. He brings that renewal in our hearts first. And it is an ongoing process. Number three, those who know their God are those who love Him more than life increasingly. 
I'm not saying that once you become a Christian, huh, you, will, you will just love Jesus. No, you will, will lay down your life for Jesus. It is a progressive, it is a progressive, it is an increasing experience. When we begin to love Him more than life, God will give us something bigger than life to lay hold of, to see, to embrace, and to experience. Number four, those who are captivated by His presence regularly. What do I mean by that? Those who regularly, regularly come into worship of Him. Those who, who seek His face regularly. And in, in our time of seeking Him, we can be so captivated by His presence. A lot of uh, Christians say that during this uh, period of lockdown worldwide, one of the things that, of course, it is, uh, uh, it is difficult time. It is challenging time, right? Um, but it is also time that they, 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 they find that they have opportunities, more opportunity to draw near to the Lord, either in prayers, in listening to His words, reading His words, that as they draw near to the Lord, they are captivated by His presence in worship, in seeking His face. Number five, those who are consumed by His purpose entirely. A lot of times that we find that we, men and women look for purpose in life. We all do. But when we, when we look for, when we try to put a purpose, superimpose a purpose on our life, which is not designed by God for our life, we will not feel satisfied. We will feel unfulfilled. Therefore, remember what we have uh, uh, been uh, looking at in the past, uh, in the last, in the in the, uh, uh, in, the, in the in the previous uh, series. Paul spoke to spoke in Romans chapter twelve. He said, "Do not be conformed to the world." You see, sometimes our purpose in life we can also be conformed to the world, conformed to what people, what the world expect us to be. But no, if we live like that we will feel hugely dissatisfied. But those who know their God, they are strong because they are those who are consumed by His purpose entirely. Number six, those who know their God are those who know that they belong to Him eternally. They know who they are. They are so sure of their identity and nothing can take that away from them. Just like Jesus, when he was being tempted in the wilderness, the devil asked him, if you are the Son of God, Jesus never doubted that he is the Son of God. From eternity to eternity, he doesn't need to do anything to prove it because he knows it. He knows it and he knew it at that point of time that he belongs to God, to, to, to his family father eternally. And so are those who know their God. And therefore, they are strong. If we are the one who encounter His love continuously, who are transformed by Him progressively, who loves Him more than life increasingly, who are captivated by His presence regularly, who are consumed by His purpose entirely, who knows that we belong to Him eternally, then we will be strong. We will be strong to be able to do mighty exploit for Him, for His purpose, for righteousness, then we will make an impact and difference. The church will make an impact 
and difference in the nation where we are living in. Our prayers will be prayers of faith. Our prayers will be prayers out of intimacy with God. You see, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, knowing God is a path that we travel on, not a destination we arrive at. We can't, ask, we can't answer the question in an affirmative term. Do you know God? I say, I am knowing God. You know, I, know. I am knowing God. If somebody asks me, do you know God? I am knowing God. I, I knew Him before. And I discovered there is so much about God that I do not know. There is so much of Him that I'm yet to enjoy. I'm yet to know intimately. That is the process of knowing God. I want to encourage all of us during this period of time, make it our, our desire to draw near to Him, to know Him. Today, as we come to the end of this message, let's respond to, to God. Sometimes we look at our lives, that there's so many demands, right? So these demands are not man-made ones. Huh? No, it's, it's, it's just there. We have, we, 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 there our children demands our time. Those of us who have uh, uh, elderly parents uh, and, and, and somebody in the family member who needs you to take care of them, they demand your time. All these are legitimate demands. But in the midst of all this, would you say to the Lord, Lord, in all this inconvenient time, I will still make effort I will still be determined to know you. Lord, would you reveal yourself to me? In inconvenient time, would you allow me to meet you face to face, to encounter you and to, and to, and to, and to experience you right where we are, right where I am, in those inconveniences in life, that I may truly say in my heart, Lord, I know you. Lord, I know you, and I should do great exploit for your glory. Let's listen to the next song. Let us come to the Lord, responding to Him and asking Him to speak to us. Father, we come to you, we open our hearts to you. Today, we have heard the preaching of your words, but we want to hear your voice. We want to know you so personally. We want to draw close to you. Lord, would you draw close to us as well? Would you reveal yourself to us in good times, in trying times, in inconvenient times, so that we may be counted as one of those who know their God and who are strong and to able to do mighty, great exploit against all odds, against all challenges, against all opposition, in the midst of limitation, Lord, would you grant us your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.